0: Welcome to Doing the Most, the series where we talk about the misadventures of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Georgie, execution strategist and serial entrepreneur. This series is here to get real about what entrepreneurial life truly looks like. We are driven, persistent, hardworking, ambitious. We are human, and these are our stories. Welcome back to Doing the Most, The Misadventures of Entrepreneurship. Today, we have the lovely Kenesha Mays, who is an entrepreneur, founder, and doer, extraordinaire, car, calling in from Jamaica. So, you know, as many of you listeners know, I'm also Jamaican born and raised. So it's really nice to have someone from the islands like myself here that we could talk to on the podcast today to find out about her entrepreneurial journeys and the differences that being um, a Jamaican entrepreneur based in Jamaica while dealing with um, customers from all over the world and clients and interactions from all over the world, what does that look like? What? challenges does that bring and how, you know, the world is expanding as a global ecosystem instead of just our local ecosystem. So, Kanisha, if you could just give us, you know, a quick little introduction about who you are and what got you started on your journey.
1: Hi, Georgie, and thank you for having me. So, like you said, I'm Kenisha. I am currently 27. I run a digital financial education platform in Jamaica called Thriving Dollars, and basically what we do is We work with young adults to help them get their finances in order. So the things that you needed to learn about money in school, but you didn't, budgeting, saving, investing, retirement planning. So we have a platform created specifically for that, for young adults. Um, I started this journey officially in 2015. So we're coming up on four years, but unofficially, actually back in 2013, when I was dead broke. I was so broke. And I remember going to my mentor and asking him, like, I need you to teach me how to be rich, please. And he gave me <laughs> a flash drive with a million audio books, like, okay, you can listen to these. And I'm like, I I thought I was going to get like step one, step two rich, not homework. And so I did them for a very long time until eventually, I was like, I guess I have to just listen. And I listened. And one of the First books that i listened to was rich dad poor dad and there's a part in the book where he mentioned making money work for you and i remember hearing that and i was so confused like at that point i had never heard that before in my life you know how does that even work so i called my mentor like how does this thing work and he broke it down oh you can do this you can do that i'm like i can do that like me he's like oh yeah, anybody can do it i'm like are you sure especially as you're related to like the stock market because in my mind or at least what I grew up believing is that rich people bought stocks you didn't just buy stocks you know the ordinary person didn't just buy stocks so when I found out there was something that I could do I had a small amount of money left um and I'll share a little bit about my money journey with you a little bit later but um I had a small amount of money left and I liquidated that money and I went to the brokers and I'm like, I want to open a brokerage account because I'm gonna start buying stocks, and so I did it. And then I taught myself how to trade and how to actually make money from the stock market. And I also taught myself how retirement or how opening a retirement fund works in Jamaica when you don't have a when you don't have a company sponsored retirement plan. Um, so I figured out how to do it on my own and what are the nuances of that? And I basically just started to teach myself finances inside out in a way that has never been taught to me. And eventually I started to share that knowledge with other people. And here we are, however many years later, six years later, almost.
0: Wow. That is truly amazing. And, and I love the fact that, you know, you said it wasn't until you went out there and started reading the books and, um, well, listening to the books, audio books, listening to the books. And then we went back to the mentor when you had questions, he gave you more of like the step one, step two, step three, and like broke it down. But he wasn't going to give you the, the entrance. You know, you had to be hungry and you had to want it. And I think that's a lot of the issues that we have with many entrepreneurs these days, you know, they want the answers directly, but they don't want to take that first step on their own. Um, so I'm really proud that you did that. And it's, it's great to have someone influential like that in your life. Um, so my next question is, you know, what made you not give up, right? When you started this, I know it was probably really scary. And then did you have any backlash from any family and friends? And like, what kind of was your driver to say, okay, it might not be working just, just yet, but I'm gonna keep on going.
1: Oh, I I I've given (laughs) up. Oh, I have. Uh, (laughs) But I think what happened. So when I, a few years before, um, so in 2014, I started this fashion accessories business i had just walked away from my corporate job i'm celebrating five years in a couple days next week Thursday. actually um that was the last time i had a corporate job that's the last time i worked or answered to somebody and wow congrats thank you so much thank you so much and when i started that business it was so slow at first like it was incredibly slow but one of the things that happened, I remember it was like in August of that same year, maybe like August 1st. I remember it being a a national holiday. It was either Independence Day or Emancipation Day. So either August 1st or 6th here in Jamaica. And I was just done. I'm like, this isn't working. Like I'm done. I'm broke. I'm, I can't even buy a food. so done. And I went outside and I just started to plant sweet potato. Like I, I don't farm. I just (laughs) needed to do something. And so I started to do that. When I came back inside, I saw an email like, oh, order notification on the website. And I almost fell out. Like, what? And that happened. Then the person had called, like my house phone rang because that was the business number at the time. And she called and she said, oh, how do I make payments? And I'm there trembling, trying to give this this lady payment information. I'm like, okay, you you, you, you can just do this. And she lent, like within a few minutes, I checked and the money was there. And I'm like, w- what just happened? You know, <laughs> and that yeah. put me back in. And that, I've had many of those stories. And even when I started Thriving Dollars, I remember at the... I think it was at the end of 2015, I was, at the end of 2016, sorry. I was done. I'm doing these things for over a year. It's not working. Um, and I'm going up against financial institutions. I'm not going up against other entrepreneurs, right? It's different. And it's not working. I just, I can't, you know, I have no credibility. There's, I just, I can't be, I'm done. I remember making the decision, like, I am done. I'm starting 2017, and this is not going to be a part of that journey. And I got a message from a friend, somebody who I – like, we had a stock market group, so somebody from that group, she was like, hey, I have a friend who works at one of the local media companies. They're doing a video series on entrepreneurs, and would you like to participate? And I'm like, "Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: I guess. And the reason why I said yes to it was because I, it wasn't anything that had to do with my work. It was about me. So I could share my story without saying, you know, this is my current business or, you know, was on the entrepreneurs, not the business. So I was like, all right, I mm-hmm. have a shot. So I went and I did it. And when I did that interview and they posted it, apparently it did numbers. It did really good numbers. And there's this program in Jamaica called Smash Jamaica. It's our number one morning program. It's like, it's, I don't know what the American equivalent is. I'd say good morning, America. I'd say even like a morning version of the LN show. Basically, it's, it's what everybody, like, if you start anything, if you're Jamaican, you want to go on Smash Jamaica at some point in your life. You know? And yeah. I remember the producer, she had just messaged me through my Facebook page, like, Hey, just saw your interview with so-and-so would love to have you on the show on Tuesday. And I'm like, huh? What? (laughs) What was happening? And then there's a funny backstory to that too. When she, the producer had posted, this is before, I don't think she knows this, but she had posted on her Facebook account a few weeks before that she wanted somebody who spoke on finances to come on the show and a few people had recommended me and I messaged her and I never got a reply. So I'm like, Oh, whatever. So then here she was knowing my inbox. I, Hey, just found out about you. I'm like, Oh, did you really just, okay. (laughs) And so I went on the show and then that just kind of pulled me back into thriving dollars. And then I had a friend who was doing a workshop and she wanted me to be one of the speakers. And then I just, I got dragged back into it. So every time I've given up, Every time I've tried to walk away, there's a series of events that happen that just pull me back in where it's basically saying to me that you can, it's it's not for you to stop. Like you can't stop. No, you have, there's something else. There's something else. After this bump, there's something else. So just keep going.
0: Yeah, and I definitely could resonate with that feeling. I think a lot of entrepreneurs have that experience in some sense when it's like, you wake up and you're like, listen, I'm done. D-O-N-E. done no, done, I'm Jamaican. I mean. D-U-N, exclamation. D- exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like the forces out there, you know, based on whatever religion or what people believe in it, they could call it God, they could call it the universe, whatever they want to believe in. Something says, haha, you thought you was done. Guess what? No, you're yeah. not done yet. <laughs> you're not done yet. There's more for you here. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And so what I want to kind of talk about now is like shifting gears into your support system. Mm -hmm. So I know you said you had your mentor. Mm -hmm. Were there anybody else that you had? And oh, let's take a step back. How did you meet this mentor? Like, is it somebody from like a college professor, a a past work colleague? Because a lot of people are always saying, you know, I need mentors, I need mentorship. And how did you guys build that, you know, mentor, mentee relationship so like how did you meet him and how did you um build that relationship
1: um so I can't share his name he's super proud yeah that's fine yeah, absolutely mm-hmm. um but I met him when I I had a first official job so there's a first job then there's a first real job so at my first real job yeah. is at Courts Jamaica it's a it's our number one like furniture store appliances store I started working there at I think 18 19 and he was a customer and I used to clone him about this grandfather had that he had. And but essentially what happened is that as a sales or customer service representative, I always went in above and beyond for all my customers. I needed to make sure that you were good. So he was having some challenges. He had ordered something from the store and he was having some challenges with the delivery. And I was basically just on the phone with the delivery guy, like, all right, look here, this is what I need from you. Just come through for me, please. And I did this for all my customers. I don't think he knew that, but I did this for everybody. Um like just needed to come through from the person is not going to be home at X time. and need a delivery to be done between X and Y, Z time. And if you know these delivered, this is not, you can't give them a time. They show up when they show up, you know? I, <laughs> yeah, they do. So I went and up, went above and beyond and I made sure that he got his items in the time that he needed to get them. And, you know, he came back, it was during our Christmas time promotion, I believe. So he had came back for um, his free gift and I, we we spoke a little bit, but not in depth, but we had already exchanged numbers at that point because he, he was a customer and I was calling him like, all right, so I work with, so, you know, type that, that type of thing. And so we had spoken a little bit and it was just still cloning him about his hat. Like it was, he's young. He was young. I you I like telling him he's old as dirt. No, he really isn't. But, you know, keep him humble. <laughs> <laughs> And so he was just wearing this very grandfatherly type hat. It was ridiculous. And so we spoke a little bit and then we we would check in every few months after that, when I left court, when I left that company, like there were different things that I'd try to work on. I'd be like, hey, can I have your help with so-and-so? And then he'd sponsor the program in different ways, whatever it was that I was working on. He'd show some type of support. And that was pretty much how it developed. Even when I was at court, I remember I was like, I we spoke a bit and I was telling him I was having a challenge with my sales target. And that was the first time he actually shared audiobooks with me. I did not listen to those either. Um, <laughs> a flash drive, like this man was a walking flash drive of audiobooks. It was crazy. And he gave me one about sales from like Richard Kiyosaki and Brian Tracy, like all these sales guru type people. And of course, I didn't do anything with it, but eventually I returned that. But it was just, it was a very natural progression in terms of the relationship. There was no, he doesn't acknowledge himself as being my mentor. He laughs at it. It's ridiculous to him. But this is somebody who has had a very important impact in my life. You know, this is the person where if everything crashes and burns right now, I'm on the phone. Hey, so yeah, it's not working. What do you think? You know? So it's, it's, it's always been just a natural progression in terms of the advice that I ask and he's very, he's so resourceful, right? Um, so yeah, that's, that's basically how the relationship developed. It was just me calling for help. He would be like, oh, you can try so-and-so, you know, that, that, it was it. That was just a very natural, natural progression.
0: Nice, and I wanted to highlight some key things that you just mentioned about you know, it didn't start as like a mentorship relationship, it just started as somebody that you could depend on, somebody that always showed up for you yeah. in your business life, as well as you know, sometimes personal. Um, and someone that wanted to see you grow. So, whether it was sharing the audiobooks, um, whether it was giving you that advice, they were invested in your long term growth and success, yes. and you know. A lot of times people think, oh, I have to, you know, have, it has to be set in stone. This person has to be, you know, sign some type of contract almost to be yeah. like my mentor. Like this is, my, and he doesn't even like that title, but the relationship is there. And it's the, it's the foundation that you need to then leverage and become successful and get that knowledge from somebody that's been there or has the the experiences or the, net, the connections or just whatever it may be that can help mm-hmm. leverage you, um, to propel into your future so that's really really amazing and i think all of the listeners out there should start looking for people like that in their lives like just mm-hmm. acknowledging those people that are like that in their lives versus kind of saying oh i need to have like an official mentor who's yeah. you know been showing up for you since day one supporting you sharing you buying your book listening to your podcast giving you insight opinions those are your mentors yeah, really. um you and, and, who's
1: there instead of trying to go out and find that
0: person Mm-hmm. yeah who's already there like I really love that um and now I actually, we're gonna start shifting no, oh, yeah go sorry. ahead go ahead no, I actually came to
1: understand later that this isn't something that he does for other people because one of the things he said to me is that most people don't do anything with the information and I mean I was that person like he gave me books before I'm like I'm about to get time for all this you know <laughs> but He realized that you know what, like even when, even when I started my first business and I wasn't doing well, I remember he did some sort of investment in a very small amount of money. It wasn't even real; it really wasn't real. But he said to me, like, I know I'm investing in you, the person. I don't really care about this business; like, it's nothing to me. But you're doing like I see you every day. You get up and you try you will not you're not you're not succeeding all the time but i see you try and i'm invested in that so yeah
0: yeah that's that's really powerful right there like people that see you try and i think so often we could get we as entrepreneurs or individuals get so hard on ourselves um and say you know we're not doing enough or we're doing too much or just we we, we are such pains to ourselves and just having someone that is like kind of overseeing and just like watching us grow and then might even notice things that we don't even notice about ourselves um Mm -hmm. is really amazing and and powerful. Um but what I was saying before is I want to shift gears a little bit and start talking about your misadventures. So you mentioned the 2014 um (laughs) fashion business a little bit earlier, but let's let's talk about that. Tell us the story of how it went down and how you were doing the most.
1: That story is wild. <laughs> so I the back backstory to this is that I in 2013, I remember I, I had walked away from my job earlier in 2012. Now I'm very good at walking away from things that don't serve me. And a part of that is because I grew up in very abusive environments. Um I saw a lot of domestic violence and you know, sexual abuse and those type of things happening when I was younger. And these women in my family would always stay because they couldn't afford to leave these men, you know, even if the men were not their husbands or the father of their children, they still wouldn't leave. And I just made a decision since I was a child, like, I'm out. I'm out. Like, there's nothing that you can do as a person to make me stay in a situation that I don't want to be in. And if I'm done, I'm done. Um... So I had walked away from this job, like we were not getting along. It was just, it was incredibly stressful and they were trying to blackmail me almost. And I'm like, you you don't even, you don't even know me. Like, do you understand that I I will walk away from this and be broke and hungry? Do you understand that I am that person? So I did. I walked (laughs) away from it and I was broke and hungry. But I'm just not going to say, you cannot make me say um, so I was having a really tough time and then I started to use my credit card to just live, you know. It wasn't even like living lavish, it was literally buy food, pay bills that thing. And I was doing small freelancing stuff, but those weren't consistent, you know. Some weeks I'd make nothing, some weeks I'd make a small amount of money. It was it was hard, it was a tough time. So I remember um in 2013, about June, July, 2030, maybe June. I was in my bed and I'm like, oh. like, like the reality of how broke I was hit me. And the reason why this was so tough for me is because I've always been good with money. You know, I taught myself how to save as a child, like literally as a child, every semester, every school semester, I knew how much lunch money I was getting per day. I'd make a, I'd make a thing on um, week one. This is how much I'm going to save. And I have my check boxes and I check off as I'm going along and You know, at the end of the semester, I always had money. I had money to the point where my parents brought money from me to pay bills, to send me to school, to take care of my little brother. Like my parents relied on me financially as a child. I mean, like 13, 14, you know, that's how good with money I was. And the reason why I had not had any money at that point is because one of the things that happens when you have money as a child in a Caribbean environment is, your parents tend to rely on you. And I saw that happening more and more where I had to be funding this, funding that. And I just came to the point like when I had that job at course, I was living on bare minimum to basically save as much. I was saving like over half of my paycheck and I made really good money. Um and my mom would borrow some and she'd borrow some and then it came to a point where we had an argument this time because she wanted some money and I'm like, what what no? No, it just—I was so frustrated. Oh like, come on, you know. And it, we had this massive fight, like the type of fight that you don't have with a Caribbean parent because you might dead, you might die, like <laughs> or like I had to give her a couple hours because I'm like I might go home and this woman would kill me, in my sleep. Like I don't know where I must have thought I was American or something. Um. So I walked out, slammed the door. It was this massive thing. Then eventually I said, you know what? I'm giving you the money because I'm paying you to leave Jamaica. You go. Just go. It's fine. And when she left, I just started to blow the money that I had left. And that money was tuition that I was saving for myself. I blew through so much money in such a short space of time. It was like, I still can't share the number publicly because it is ridiculous. Um, and I basically had blown through that money, which is so I ended up in that job that basically felt like they could blackmail me, me to stay because, oh, you don't, you're broke. I'm like, <laughs> not broke. Not <laughs> here, so bye. And so I left. And in 2013, like I said, I had that come to Jesus moment like, yo, I am like broke, broke. Like it was crazy. Like I was looking under the food, like maybe a can of something had rolled away when I was unpacking. I was just searching for food in the house. Like, there was nothing. And I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to get a job because I have to stabilize myself. I really have to stabilize myself. I can't do it. All these things that I'm trying to work on are not making me any money. And so I made that decision. And I said to myself also, no matter how long this job lasts, if it lasts for two years, two weeks, two months, whenever it ends, you have to take a chance on yourself. I said that to myself out loud. And maybe like a day or two later, I got this random call like, hey, this is so-and-so calling from so-and-so. Would you like to come in for an interview? I'm like, whoa, all right. And this is somebody that I had dropped off my resume for like months before, but they just got around calling. So I went in, I did all the interviews, all three or four interviews got the job and I was there. And then within like a few months when the sexual harassment started and all of this, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm, I checked out mentally and I was just waiting on my contract to run out because I truly, I, this was it for me. And when I had that conversation with HR two weeks ago from the contract and we agreed that there would not be a renewal, then I went downstairs and I called my mentor like, yeah, so this is it, final two weeks. And he's like, okay, so here's what you need to do. So know that you have the job still, just go ahead and send out your resumes. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. He's like, huh? I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. And he's like, so what are you going to do? I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know what I'm not going to do, which is to get an extra job. Right? And he thought I was crazy. I thought I was crazy, and I basically had ordered. I remember I went to my phone, this random website one day, and I ordered like six dollars worth of earrings, and they offered free shipping to Jamaica, which is why I did it. So I'm like, oh, I'll just see what these look like. But they were for me. They were just earrings for me, and ordered these things, and I never heard back from them. So I'm like, they stole my money. They teeth my six dollars. You know. It was, you know, it was like in my feelings, $6 was a lot, you know, $6 was a lot. Um, and then eventually, I remember when I left my job, I started to try this financial literacy thing, but I it truly, it wasn't working. Like, I didn't know what I was doing and it just couldn't get it to work. And my same mentor, and he does not rem- remember the story at all. He remembers nothing really. Um, so, he called me one day and I was so down. I was I was severely depressed. Like it was I was depressed to the point where I just lie in bed. I literally would put lipstick on and just cry. Like I can't cry without wearing lipstick. So I just put my lipstick <laughs> on and I just bawled down the place. Just bawled. I, like I felt like everywhere was hurting, but it was numb at the same time. I can't explain it. It, it was, I was at a place that I've never been before, you know? And he called me and he's like, all right, this is actually scary. Like, I'm so worried that I might come by your house and I'm going to find you strung up. And I'm like, damn, I mean, I don't think I have the heart to do that. But he's like, yeah, no, I just, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pay you to leave your house. I'm just going to pay you $5,000, which was the equivalent of maybe like 50 US. I'm going to pay you $5,000 to just leave the house. Put your face on, put your clothes on, go somewhere. And I'm like, I mean, it's a free five grand. I don't even have money right. All right. You never need I didn't mean much convincing, so i uh, it's a Tuesday, it's April 17th. It's a Tuesday. I have nowhere to go. I go to poor Morise's where I grew up, and I go to my cousin's house and we're there for a while, and then she needed something at my grandma's house, which is like right around the corner, maybe a two minute walk. So we walk around there and then I see my name on this package, and I'm like why do I have a package here? This is odd. I've never gotten anything here before. And I opened it and there were my earrings that I had ordered from weeks before. And one of the, two of the earrings, I had ordered a pink and a green in a particular style and I got four extra greens and four extra pinks. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> okay. I guess I have to sell these. I mean, I'm not going to wear all 10 earrings. I only need two. So I'll sell eight. So I started to just take the pictures and, I sent them via, like, WhatsApp to my friends, like, hey, you want these $300 per pair? And they're like, oh, yeah, I'll take this, I'll take that. And so I sold them, like, that night, and I made 20 And I had to sell one of my pairs, one of my pinks. I only had one out of the 10. So I sold nine of them. And I made 2700 from that, $5,000 from my mentor. And I was like, could do something with this couldn't i so i started to build an e-commerce website that i had never done before never knew how for code and the website kept crashing so at version 12 is when it stopped crashing like and when i'm crashed as in mean, i'd have to literally start again from drone zero it was cr- it was a wild time and eventually version, 12? version 12 version oh, 12 was when gosh. it stopped crashing. It, I, every time it crashed, you literally go back into the file manager. You delete all the files. You start again from the domain name, link it back to the, it was crazy. And Mm-mm. so I, I just, I was obsessed with it. Like, and I was obsessed with it because there was nothing else that was feasible in my life. And this offered me some glimmer of hope. And I, I needed it so bad. I needed that business. I didn't even know if it was a business, but I needed that project. I needed that thing to just give me, I needed to feel alive, you know? And so I ran with it and I was making it work and I was hustling. And then I was broke, of course, because I'm ordering inventory from China. I'm talking about, I'm not getting them for the next four or five weeks to Jamaica, you know? So within that gap time, it's, you know, it it was, it was, it was hard. And I didn't have enough trust where I could tell people to pay me for something and then I deliver it at X time. I didn't have that yet, you know? So I was broke. I remember one of the days I was home and I was like, I have no food here and I have no money to leave this house. Like, that is the the the, the ultimate definition of rock and hard place. Like, you can't stay in the house because you have nothing to eat, but you can't afford to leave this house because you have no money. So I mm-hmm. finished it. I'm, I'm, i can't can finish. I'm very good at finessing, right? So I mm-hmm. <laughs> put my clothes on, put my face on, grab my bag of accessories. Like, all right, time for the road. And so I was. I got into a taxi. When I got close to Old Harbour, I'm digging around. Like, oh no, I left the money. I didn't take up the money. And then I was like, driver, I need to go across the road to use the ATM to get the cash. And said, like, okay. And so I walk across the road. I go like I'm going to one of the ATMs and I go a little bit further to the second ATM. and when I'm out of his vision, I just make a dead left turn and then boom, I'm gone. (laughs) And so I went up to these plazas and I'm there like going store to store, door to door, like, hey, and I'm showing everybody everything, all these earrings, all these nice things that I had and nobody wanted anything. And it was like at the end of the day when I was so dejected and hungry and severely hungry that was when I, you know, I just stopped at his last place. Like I always believe in this last, last lick. You know, just last, just try this one last time. And so I stopped mm-hmm. in this. Place, like, hey, um, so and so and these three ladies put together and bought three earrings for five hundred total Jamaican dollars. Right, not five hundred each, five hundred total. And so I took out the the one twenty that I owed the driver. I took out the one twenty to actually get home. Then I took out the next 120 so I could leave my house again to at least get to old. however, to make money. And the remaining 140, I went to this little mini-market place and I took up the rice and I was like, I'm going to buy at least the rice and macaroni." This is like, this is the definition of broke food, right? And so <laughs> like, let me tell you something. In Jamaica, you're buying ramen noodles, you have money. So I know that's poor food in the US, but in Jamaica, oh, oh yeah, oh, look at you, you know? So you buy your rice, mm-hmm. you buy your mackerel. And I remember I took up the rice and I had no money left for the mackerel. And I'm there like looking at it and I'm trying to see how it could work. And it just couldn't. It couldn't. So I bought the rice, I went home and I'm there steaming it. And I started to just look around I'm like, oh, what would this taste like with this thing in there? And I started to just throw like random power seasoning in the rice, and let me tell you something—that was a good meal. It was, hey, awesome. of course. And I made that oh, that rice stretch. That rice stretched for like a week. Eventually, I got tired of it. It's not something I can eat. No, it just—I uh, don't think it could pass my throat. But you know, that was just one of the words mm-hmm. in just starting up this this business. And then even how I started to build out the inventory, was again the finesse where I'd show these ladies earrings and they'd be like oh you don't have any blouses I'm like do you know that I just ordered some blouses and I go home and I dig down the website find blouses send pictures which one you like which color do you think you like about what size and I'd you know order these and then a month later I'm showing up like hey I got the blouses remember the blouses and they'd be like oh you don't have any bags girl just ordered some bags and I did the same thing and the same thing and the same thing until eventually I had like because it wasn't supposed to be like clothing and shoes and bags and stuff like that. It was simply supposed to be accessories. And then I'd be wearing a lipstick. where did you get this lipstick? Oh, you know, I was just testing them from this supplier and so on. And so, and then I literally take the money and I'd run to Kingston to buy it. There was no supplier involved. There was a store in Kingston and I'd go to Kingston, I'd go to the store, I'd bought it and I went back and I sold it at double the price. So the finesse. <laughs>
0: Amen. That is truly the hustle. And I hope a lot of, you know, listeners get lit hear your story. Cause it's like about the persistence, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what, a couple of things that I wanted to take out and highlight, you know, being persistent, just doing something instead of just the longer you do nothing, the harder it is for when it is time to do something for you to get that <laughs> momentum back. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's like a, uh, when, it, when like for people that go down for like medical, um, test or examinations or like go for surgery or they break something or they're not using a certain muscle in their body, it atrophies. And then when you try to use that muscle again, you probably have to go do physical therapy Mm -hmm. and it just takes so much longer. But the fact that you're already doing something so tedious and like, something that would keep you going keep you having to think okay how can i think outside the box how can Mm -hmm. i you know finesse this how can i make this happen how can i just keep that persistence and hard work going Mm -hmm. when it was time for you to launch the more successful business now the thriving Mm -hmm. dollars and you know teach the personal finance you already knew okay how to stretch a dollar you already knew how to reinvest and you know so some of the skills that you might not even had known you were developing while doing this business that was kind of running you in and out and like just making you keeping you on your toes those were some of the essential skills that made you do well when you went on to the next business um you know your personality for how to close a, close a deal um that that was trained from you know your your full-time jobs and the, the jobs that you used to have plus now you had extra okay how can I make a sale without even having product on hand so now when you are doing the finances you know how to talk to people when you're doing the interviews you know how to you know present yourself in a forward way so that way it's recepted well from your customers your audience whoever you're talking to yeah so yeah the reason why i want to highlight that is because people sometimes say oh i don't want to do that or i don't want to do this or it's too hard and it's like are you doing just doing something doing itself like just The art of doing is what you need to focus on because when the opportunity comes and you're not ready, you don't have the knowledge and you have to go learn it and take class and do this and do that, the time that you were not doing anything at all could have been that investment. So I like to think of it as, you know, that invested time and like invested in knowledge Uh, because I know you probably learned a whole lot that now you use it and like, wow, like I didn't even know I learned that through that experience. Yeah. And you
1: know what? One of the things I remember I said to you that I, when I just left my corporate job, I was trying to do this financial literacy thing and it wasn't working. And one of the things that I realized as I was running Accessories and Essentials, so at the time, believe it or not, I had zero self-confidence. And I mean, absolutely. I couldn't make eye contact with someone. I wore very, wore very dull colors, so I wouldn't bring attention to myself and that comes from just the years of abuse right You, you lose yourself you start to feel nothing you feel like you're nothing you know and I remember one day I was just just on the floor just like I was crying and I was crying because I looked into the mirror and I couldn't, I didn't know who I was. I always had an external identity. I was an employee at this job, student at this school, girlfriend to this guy. I always had something else that I could identify with. And here I was at a point in my life where I had none of these things. I just had me and I really didn't know who that was you know, and I realized that I had spent all my life just conforming to different things that people liked. And I just did this because people liked it. And so I'm looking at this person and I'm so confused. Who is she? Like, what does she like? And I was crying, I was crying, I was crying. And I wrote like a 12 page journal entry. Like I wrote on all the things I hated about myself, why I hated them. And Coming up at the end of that journal entry, I started to realize that everything that I hated about me were things that people didn't like about me, and I internalized them. And that was a freeing moment for me where I started to basically teach myself self-confidence. I started to April 17, 2014, the day when I found out that I had like eight extra pairs of earrings from this, this, these people that I, or, I had ordered them from. That was the first day in my life that I wore lipstick in public that was the first day in my life i wore lipstick you know if you see me oh no without lipstick you can call the police because something is wrong you know <laughs> you, can, you can absolutely call the police um so i you know i started to teach myself self-confidence and then i realized that oh you're selling fashion to people you cannot present yourself like this jeans and t-shirt person. like you have to you know dress in a way that you want someone to be like hey where did you get that oh well, you know i sell it right You know, and I started to force myself to just step outside of my comfort zone and just wear these unique things. And then I had this one particular blouse that I bought it and it was so cute. And I made bank of that blouse like, bank, like, truly made a lot of money from that, you know. So it just started to push me. And then dealing with the rejection when I was going door to door and, you know. I'd be showing everybody, like, this is what I have. And then their bosses would come and they chase me out of the place and they'd embarrass me. And, you know, it was very disheartening. And then even when I'd just be wandering around, like, oh, I'm so terrified. I'm like, yeah, but you can't, you, don't, you literally don't even have money to go back home, so you need to go sell something, girl. You think you have an option here? You going to sleep out here tonight? You know, and just pushing yourself to just do just just take a step, just just ask, just show, just sell, just tell you know, and people who don't buy today, like you have no reason to believe that they will buy tomorrow, next week, next month, you know? And so it forced me to step outside of myself in such a way that when I started Thriving Dollars, such a way that when I started Thriving Dollars, it, it was, it was, it felt almost natural because I had developed the confidence because I faked the confidence long enough to one day I realized I wasn't faking it anymore. Actually it was like, I was good, you know? And that, that just, it just helped that the building blocks, I called accessories and essentials are my building blocks. Like I needed that to build the confidence and the self-esteem and the courage. And, you know, when you're dealing with a rejection, like you get so dejected, like, oh, I'm done. And you go home and you mope. And then eventually you take like an hour, you walk around and then eventually the horse cuts down to 30 to 15 minutes to five minutes. And eventually you're just walking from the next place to the, from rejection to rejection. You don't even feel it. And I needed those to start Thriving Dollars, which is why when I started, when I attempted to start it the first time, I couldn't. But here we are now, and I am that person because of access and essentials. So I stepped into Thriving Dollars as a whole person, which was important.
0: Snaps, snaps, claps, claps, (laughs) love, love, love that, you know, fake it till you make it. And then... It will just be so so natural for you, and it's like you're learning these things, you're gaining these skills and the knowledge. Um, but it's about to be our time, so I want to wrap up by asking you, what advice would you like to leave with our you know fellow entrepreneurs or dreamers out there, aspiring to be entrepreneurs, about this journey that they're about to embark embark on?
1: Um, my biggest advice would seem would simply be, you know what, we get so caught up sometimes on Results and the I can't stress this enough, just literally take the first step. Like, you don't need to know the full because I didn't know that I would be here today as all these things that I'm accredited with, you know, on the strength of me, not from a job, from me. This is all me. Um, so, just take the first step. And literally, I love to say this please learn the way along the way right? Just learn the way along the way and please also struggle responsibly. Like it's okay to struggle, but you cannot be struggling just for the struggle's sake, you know? At least ensure that if you're losing sleep, it's not just because of stress or depression. Let it be a project that you're working on. Let it be something that you're trying to use to pour back into you. So just to struggle responsibly and literally
0: learn the way along the way. I love that. Struggle responsibly. I'm about to <laughs> make some posts of that and like quote you because I think so many people do not struggle responsibly. They just struggle, struggle and then just, because it's almost a trend, like, oh, lose sleep. If you can, you know, build what you're building and still get your sleep, get your sleep because you need it to be your best self. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a theme of just struggle to struggle. And then that's just how, what's going to happen until you make it like no struggle responsibly and again like you said learn along learn the way along the way love yeah. love love that thank you so so much um Kanisha for being here sharing your story and I'm def- I'm sure you're gonna be back on this podcast or with working with us in some other way in the future and for those listeners your her information will be in the comments and caption section so you can check her out and learn a lot more about what she's doing as well as the links to her website and con- and other contact information
1: Georgian, thank you so much for
0: having me this was a pleasure you're very very welcome Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Doing the Most. Catch us here next week, same time, same place. If you can't wait, head on over to doingthemost.xyz to stay connected. Until next time, keep on doing.